chance. And welcome to Property Matters. We have lots of variety on the show tonight. We're chatting with James Beban from Wellington's Urban Edge Planning. We're talking all things pollen with Andrea Reed from Pollinator Paths. And Kristen Gow is here from Barfoot and Thompson Meadowbank to chat to new investors about what homes make great rentals. Remember, you can download our podcast from www.barfoot.co.nz forward slash property matters or listen anytime on planetaudio.org.nz Well, welcome to the show. Another Monday, nearly December, flying away. I'm Stephen Dello. Great to have you tuned into the show. Now, if you haven't listened before, each week we have a mix of guests from across the rental and investment landscape to give you tips and tricks on how to maximise your investment and provide practical advice for tenants and landlords who just need that tricky question answered. Now, this is very much your show, so we encourage you to email us at any time at Property Matters at barfoot.co.nz or send us a message on our Facebook page which you'll find us at Property Matters Radio and we will get the experts to answer for you in the following week's show. Now, in the studio tonight, I have Kristen Gale, Property Manager of Barfoot and Thompson Meadowbank. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to have you here. Now, we're going to chat a little bit later in the show but I love a co-host so you're always welcome to ask our guests any questions that you like because we're chatting to two guests via Wellington uh, tonight. So hopefully we've got them on the line and a big welcome to James from Urban Edge Planning. How are you, James? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. How's, how's Wellington on this Monday afternoon? Oh, well, I had to say a typical Wellington day, overcast and a bit breezy, unfortunately. That's right. It's not much better up here either, mate. Tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so look, to kick the discussion off, maybe tell us a little bit about your own professional journey that led up to the role that you're in now. Ah, uh, yes. So I'm a resource consent planner down here in Lower Hutt, and I run a firm called Urban Edge Planning. And we're a firm that kind of specialises in land development, uh, particularly around multi-unit residential development. So... I started my journey at Hutt City Council, where I was a senior planner there for seven years. Did seven years at another consultancy and then uh, kicked out with two others, and we started our own firm about four years ago. Fantastic. Now, look, our audience tends to have a lot of investors and developers tuning in. So I guess from your expertise, what sort of things do you think they need to think about in this modern world when it comes to planning their next development or perhaps improvements to a current site? Um, the main um, the main issue we tend to see out there is people buy properties on the assumption they can do something and not necessarily check with a planner before they purchase to see whether their development aspirations can be met. And it's often as quick as, you know, just phoning your local planner or going down and visiting the council and just asking what they can do, what, what they want to do as possible. Um, often we see people, you know, buying the aspirations of wanting to put five houses on a site but only two are possible or three are possible, but yet a five-minute check would have resolved that issue for them. So what sort of things are, are, are your team looking for? If I turn up to you um, today and I've got this great idea of a development, what's your role? Um, our role is kind of look at, well, what is already on the site, what zone the property has. Is there any limitations on the property that might prevent development? So that could be things like flood zones, presence of council mains, protected trees, um, just general um, just general features that may inhibit or limit development that may not be obvious just to a first glance of a plan. 
It's like everything we say on the show, get the experts involved at the beginning to save the headaches later, and I'm guessing that's exactly your message, checking with you first. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, it could just easily be a check with the council as well. Often we've, um, I was always surprised when I worked at Council Health, few times people actually just checked in with them to see what, whether what they wanted to do could be done. Mm. Now look, from a, from a rental and investment industry, there's been lots of changes under this current government, um, especially in the last year. What local and central government changes have you noticed over the past few years that has impacted your world and the developers' world? Well, I have to say the last few years, I've probably the most change I've ever seen in the planning space in my entire career. Um, recently, the or recently, I think it was August this year, the National Policy Statement for Urban Development came out, NPSUD, and this is designed to enable residential development within our existing urban centres, and it's an incredibly powerful tool to basically push intensification. And you're, there's been probably a few stories, I imagine, up Auckland, and certainly has been down here in Wellington, around kind of six stories coming to suburbia, and that, mm. that's a reality under this um, policy document. It's basically pushing our intensification, and so our city landscapes and, and how they'll look will really change dramatically over the next 10 to 15 years, I imagine, under this um, document. Wow. Do you, Look, when I did some research on your company, I was really impressed by the work you do in the natural hazard area, and I guess I, this has become a bigger thing over the last few years as well. Um, how does this sort of impact your work when planning a new development? Oh, it's um, it's, it's, a, it's a big, it's a forever changing environment in natural hazard space. So, the one that everyone's grappling with at the moment is sea level rise, um, and we all know it's coming. But it's very, it's a slow, insidious um, hazard. You don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden see the, the seas a metre higher. So it's very hard to kind of work with communities and, and sometimes working with developers as well to understand that. What they're designing now, yes, you're designing for a low sea level rise, but what may actually be the case in 50 years' time may be quite different, and therefore having deep basements in your coastal environment and that may not work. Mm. And the similar is also applies to other hazards, you know, earthquakes, fault rupture. After Bali, tsunami was the big um, exciting topic. Um, but, but that's kind of gone off the radar now, but it's still a hazard we've got to account for and play, and uh, account for and, and take into account with development. But it's really, the problem is, Getting the information is really expensive and not everybody holds good information and not all councils hold, so it's very ad hoc to how we're currently approaching it. Right. Do you think there'll be changes in that landscape in the future? I don't see a lot more changes coming from a national level at the moment around natural hazard space. It's something that's needed because every council is having to grapple with it at a local level. But ideally, there would be national direction around even as simple to how do you map a hazard but right. that's, that doesn't seem to be on the radar. So it's just left the local councils to actually have to fight themselves to work out <laughs> how will they deal with each particular hazard, which is actually highly inefficient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that this year. Yeah. Um, look, when yeah. we're thinking urban design, what sort of tips or tricks would you suggest to developers to think about from the outset? Oh, that's actually... Urban design is something that's actually feared by developers, but it's actually supposed to be something that's embraced because it can actually bring a lot of value to their property and development. Um, and it's just simple things. Have your outdoor living areas north or west facing, having them connected to the main internal living areas. Um, don't fear intensification. Um, there is a bit of a... Uh, well, we've seen a lot of intensification down here in, in the Wellington region. There's still a little bit of a fear of it, but good urban design helps you overcome that outcome. Mm. Uh, overcome, you know, overcome intensification. So we we strongly recommend that you know just 
having those little simple factors like good outdoor living and north facing and having streets uh, houses that face towards streets and having your front door easily identifiable makes a huge difference and actually allows you to get additional intensification or additional yield on your site. Brilliant. There's the tip from the expert today. Uh, fantastic. What do you love about your job? It's the variety, actually. You never actually know what's going to come in the door. One day you can be dealing with a little two-lot subdivision, and the next day you're dealing with 70 houses somewhere else. So it's actually a huge amount of variety. Um, there's a view that planning is... Um, just all bureaucratic red tape and it's, it's about saying no and a lot of people fear the RMA but I would actually say the RMA is a, actually a very enabling piece of legislation it's just ad hocly um, applied through the councils and it's uh, for me that's actually the enjoyment is that you can use that enabling development to get really good outcomes and you can actually get better communities better developments through taking it down the right pathway. Mm. Absolutely. All right, so how can people get in touch with Urban Edge Planning and what sort of the, the large mix of things that you do as a company? Uh, so as a company, we basically do either, uh, anything when it comes to land development. We tend to specialise in multi-unit residential development, which is tend to be when you put three or more dwellings on a site. And uh, we have a team of in-house urban designers and landscape architects and planners and just one of the few companies in the region that does have that whole collective basis that you need to do for multi-unit development. Um, so that's that's the kind of thing we work in, but we do everything, uh, commercial, non-residential. Uh, we even still help councils out with their work when they get too busy. Um, <laughs> and to get in touch with us, it's quite simple. Through our website, www.urbanedgeplanning.co.nz, there's a um, link there that um, people could just fill in to get hold of us, and, and either myself or one of the other directors would give them a call back to see how we could assist with their development. Fantastic. When we pop our podcast up tomorrow, we'll make sure that's up on our social media as well. Thank you so much for chatting on a Monday afternoon, James. Very much appreciated. No worries, and thank you very much for hosting us. No, absolutely wonderful. And now we're joined by Andrea Reid, who works at Urban Edge Planning as an urban designer and landscape architect, but is also the chair and founder of a registered charity known as Pollinator Paths. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi, how are you? We are well. So what is Pollinator Paths? So Pollinator Paths is a charity I set up and our mission is to create connected ecosystems across urban landscapes so that our pollinators can thrive. And we really hope that this will help inspire people and support a clean, green future full of locally sourced food and help people feel a real connection with the land. (laughs) That was a brilliant answer. Um, Why did you set it up? Um, I was really inspired because I saw a lot of information on declining pollinator numbers and I thought as a landscape architect, since we have so much control of what is planted within our communities, we can actually really help make a difference here. Agreed. Agreed. When we're saying pollinators, are we just talking bees? So that's the funny thing. It's not just bees Mm. that pollinate in New Zealand. We actually have a whole range of different creatures that pollinate. So there's birds and we have lizards and lots of different insects and bats even, Um, lots of butterflies and flies and midges. There's a whole heap of different pollinators. And we even have native bees as well, which are small little solitary bees that don't sting. Wow. Did you say lizards? Yeah, lizards pollinate as well. They sort of shove their faces into flowers and they get pollen all over them and then they go to the next one. <laughs> that is great. Learn something new every day. <laughs> so um, what what sort of things have you been involved with over the past year? 
So we've been pretty full on, but mainly behind the scenes at the moment. Given COVID, we haven't been able to run any huge events, which is what we like to do to be able to engage the community and get everyone together. Um, but we've been working on making sure that the developments that we do at Urban Edge Planning are pollinator friendly. Um, we've been working with some different companies to help their landscapes become more pollinator friendly. We've been working with the Greyland community to continue the Greyland pollinator path. And we were working with Takapuna as well to create some planter boxes for them to teach people about pollinators as well. That's great. And um, you're on the TED Talk scene as well. Yes, and I did a TED Talk as well. That was very big and very <laughs> exciting and a lot of fun. How are you funded as a charity? So we're funded through people's donations and through um, applying for grants from councils and different organisations. Cool. And what role do you think owners and developers play when they need to think about this? I mean, for for our listeners, very much, you know, developers, investors, landlords, uh, but right down to tenants also in their houses who are often making alterations, what do we need to think about? Yes, there's actually a lot that developers can do. And the first step is to consider how your development might be affecting the environment and mitigating that. A great way that you can um, mitigate that is by providing a whole range of different plant species for pollinators and thinking about what you're planting, making sure that there's things flowering at different times of the year, um, making sure that you've got as much planting space as possible, um, replacing um, hardscape areas and lawn and artificial grass with planting where you can, where it's practicable, um, and also you can, if you have your own garden, you can start going into more detail. Maybe you want to start including habitat and nesting boxes. Um, another thing to consider is there's specific species that are host plants for certain species that they need to survive. So simply by just changing up the species that you're planting, you can actually make a really huge difference. So I didn't inherit my father's green finger genes. Um, so <laughs> I, I would need advice and tips. Where can I go to find out what things I should be planting? Yeah, so there's lots of different guides that have been put out by council. You can also go to our website, which is pollinatorpath.com, and that's got some resources on there, and you can contact us directly, and I can point you in the right direction. Um, I'm also a landscape architect, so if you want to take it that bit further, especially for larger developments, then we're able to help out there as well. Well, that segue nicely into my last question, which was how has your passion for pollinator paths sort of impacted your own role as a landscape architect? It's definitely impacted it hugely. I've always got that in mind whenever I'm doing a design and we'll design things specifically. Even if that's not the client's focus, it doesn't really make much difference to them a lot of the time to make it pollinator friendly and it's not that hard to go out of your way to just make a few little changes and make the whole thing better. Cool. Now I asked James, this is a, as a lasting question, I'm going to ask you too, what do you love about your job? Uh, that's a hard one. I love so much about my job <laughs> and that's Part of the reason I do what I do is I love everything about it. Um, I love with pollinator paths so I can connect with the community and I can help them make a difference in their own neighbourhood, which is really rewarding. I also love as a landscape architect um, working with plants and making the place greener one plant at a time. 
That's cool. That's cool. Um, so good to talk to you, Andrea, and um, thanks for getting James organised as well. People can find no out more by heading to pollinatorpaths.com, very important website, which has got all the information. And I was very impressed when I did my research on you. Um, you've got a really impressive like board managing you as well. Like a, you've, You're oh, very yeah. well set up, which is great to see. This is not just someone's dream. This is a team bringing this to life, which is fantastic. Yeah. So I applaud we you for your such work. a fantastic board behind us. I'm really lucky, all the people that are involved. That is brilliant. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting today, Andrea, and all the best on your journey home tonight. Thanks, Stephen. Cool. Thank you. Well, Kristen, I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it, when we're talking so much about property and investment, and it's things like who would have thought about the pollinators and, and having that in your planning? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, just so much coming to when I comes to investment property there's just a lot of maintenance and outside the garden roof you can you have to think about everything yeah but let's let's do something you know as she said one plant at a time we can all make a difference now we're going to take a short music break and then we're going to be grilling Kristen with lots of questions after this Uh, once again we've got another fantastic Kiwi artist this is a young guy he's in his early 20s graduated from Auckland University um, with a music degree and his name is Gabriel Bond and this is his first single ever released and enjoy it's called history maybe you were right when you told me that you and i are getting older and all of this is going nowhere Intentions, but never took the time to question if we were moving in the same direction. I wanna be a future, I just can't get it through to you. I'm not ready to be alone, crying on the phone. Cause I know we got history, and I'm wondering, are you missing? Still here, are you listening? You know we got history, history Guess I should have noticed sooner When we talked about the future
history. Gabrielle Bond, uh, fantastic artist based in Auckland but from Waiheke Island. Uh, so awesome to promote young talent on this show. Wasn't quite a house song but certainly worth promoting. If you've got a song you want to promote or a question you want to ask us or a song request, send us a message to propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. Now, back to Kristen in the studio now to chat a little bit about um, property investment in the Meadowbank area. So before we do, what's your property management journey that led you up to this point? Thank you. Um, I Before property management, I was in a construction company um, where when we would end up getting a couple of rental properties and we would manage them internally. So from there, I started my property management experience and after construction, I uh, working on a construction company, I find I really enjoy that. So I went in and applied a job in Bath and Thompson um, to pursue full time in property management, and uh, I have been with Bath ever since. Great, yeah, construction. That's a really different angle in. What did you love most yeah. about that? Uh, in the construction company, yeah. um, I was as a project coordinator, so arranging, ordering materials and uh, managing those uh, 10 properties we had and go on site and talk to um, our builders, things like that. So just having a really good idea and foundation of what it involves when it comes to building a property and thereafter putting a tenant. So from the beginning to the end. Cool. Yeah. So you're based now at the Meadowbank branch. Yes. Tell us what's the rental market like out in Meadowbank at the moment? Meadowbank has been great. Um, Meadow, well, when you purchase a rental property in Meadowbank, Ramira, um, the Eastern Bays, these are the good areas. So um, most of the tenants, they have a secure income and right. they look after property for you and it's less risk, risky to buy properties in those areas. So that's interesting because, um, yeah, we, have, we haven't talked about that before. So while the property perhaps could be a little bit more expensive to purchase, the ongoing risk level is less. So as an investor, that is a safer long-term bet. Yes, yeah, correct. Cool. Yeah, so from some data saying that um, Meadowbank has a population of 4,803 people and about 33.09% is uh, of its occupants live in rental properties and uh, the median um, rental in Meadowbank for houses is 780 um, per week and the median rental yield you get from that is 3.23% where if you are looking to get a unit, obviously your rental yield will be higher uh, and that's roughly about 3.82%. Cool. How many properties do you manage in your team? Uh, we are up around 220 within our branch and there are three of us. Uh, we look after the portfolio together. Cool. Yeah. What, why do you think it's so important, especially now, that investors get their property managed by a professional? Um, there are a couple reasons. First, I myself, I value my time. I'm sure most of you do. This time, time is money. Um, how much do you get paid um, by doing your job? $50, $100 per hour. And where if your time is well spent doing that or your job or even spending with your loved ones. Um, so I think that's important while in you engage with a professional, it just makes the process more streamless, less stress, and you can spend that time 
somewhere else doing something you're good at and actually generating、mm. more income, be more efficient. And secondly, as you know, there has been a lot of legislation change、um, from Healthy Home Standard Tenancy Residential Tenancy Amendment Act,、um, insurance, meth, and all. Um, all that legislation came in the past few years, introduced by Labour. So to be on top of that, know what is talking about, so you can protect your、um, rental property and your rights as a landlord is very important.、Uh, if because of misleading、um, information or not knowing the detail of legislation, you could easily be end up in a, a tenancy tribunal, getting fines, which wouldn't be cost effective to manage property yourself. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's imagine now I'm a first-time investor and I'm off doing the rounds of the open homes on Saturday. Yeah, what sort of things if I'm I'm going through Meadowbank and surrounding areas? What sort of things should I be looking for that makes a good investment? How am I going to get a good return? What sort of house am I after? A, a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, an apartment, a five-bedroom、yeah. with a swimming pool? What am I looking for? Yeah,、um, so I believe when you get a rental property, it's important that the rental covers the mortgage,、uh, your mortgage payment. So to overall to answer your question, it depends on your financial situation, what's your budget, and what's your mortgage payment every month. So if、um, when you look at property, you get the rental appraisal and. Um, so in our branch, we've got investment calculator set up, and if you were interested, you could come to talk to us, and we'll give you an idea how much the property can rent it for, and we can get an idea what the cost would be, which would be your insurance, property management, body corporate fees, all that add together in compared to your mortgage payment. Would that be positive? Which、mm. means the rental would cover that. The best, the best.、Um, Situation is that your mortgage covers not only your mortgage as well as all other costs. That、right. would be the best scenario,、um, but at least the mortgage, so you don't have to、uh, fork money into the mortgage account every、uh, every month to top it up.、Um, so it really depends on everyone's financial situation. But overall.、Um, I would. It depends on the building report to make sure the structure is sound, so you're not pouring money into fixing a leaking roof,、um, and good size bedrooms. So、uh, it's important for the renters to come in and make sure that, you know this、uh, double size.、Um, there is enough. Space for wardrobe things like that,、um, and I find a lot of tenants these days.、Uh, as the healthy home standard came in, they are very much aware、uh, of insulation, the heat pump.、Right. That would be a lot of questions they bring up. And the viewing is there a heat pump? It's going to be a heat pump in,、um, and also fans. And just when it comes、right. to kids and safety, because most people over here they do enjoy the lifestyle, so they like a safe environment for their kids or pets, and yeah. Things like a garage still important. I, kn-、yes. I know that used to be one of the most popular questions. Does it have a garage? Yeah,、um, so that also depends on if it was probably a unit.、Uh, most of unit doesn't come with one, so for a young couple living there, not a problem. But when there is a, a house, most people use that store, put a car,、mm. and normally it's combined with laundry as well. So it is important when it comes to say three or four bedroom, a family suitable property. You mentioned maintenance before. I、mm-hmm. guess then, if, while I'm shopping around and getting my mortgage sorted, I need to make sure I've also got some money aside for the maintenance things that are going to pop up.、Yes. There's no point being so mortgaged to the hilt that 
I haven't got a cent to spend on something when Murphy's or that dishwasher is going to break week one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it's important to always put some money aside, at least I'd say one grand for the entire year for the, um, say, you got gutter, house wash, all this ongoing reoccurring maintenance. Uh, and if anything um, urgent or emergency happen, like a burst pipe, you have money on, uh, in your pocket to cover that cost so you're not stressed out um, with all your costs. So I would always put at least a thousand dollar aside. Just for that to, emergency. For the buff. Because yeah. you can take money from the rent to, to do other things that crop up through the year, but to have that emergency cover, is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is there um, a size house that rents quicker than another? So, you know, does the two-bedroom fly out the door quicker than a three-bedroom or... or is there a demand at the moment for the larger family home, four or five bedroom? Like, is yes. there a magic number? Uh, <laughs> I would say between two uh, two bedroom units and three bedroom properties are going quite faster than the four and five bedrooms um, because it's not most of property uh, most of tenants in the area see a family with two kids, um, so it's less tenants with multiple kids, or it will be a flatmate situation when it comes to five bedroom large properties. Um, so um, most of renters are looking for a three bedroom and a two bedroom unit going overall slightly faster than bigger ones. Yeah. Cool. If I am you know doing the rounds of the open homes and as an investor I spot a potential house that I think yep. could make a good investment, um, can I come to someone like of yourself and, and get an appraisal before I even purchase the house? Yeah, of course. So actually we have had a couple of people came to us uh, with the property you've seen, they've seen or uh, to be built and to get an idea how much rent it will get. Normally, the sales agent would already provide a rental appraisal for you. Um, but what I have found often, the numbers are quite high. So right. it's to be realistic mm. and our time, um, our appointment will be free of cost and you can come to us give you an idea how much it will cost. And as I mentioned before, we also have a, a system set up to uh, do the calculator. I get some information from you and I'll be able to give you an idea what's the rent yield and if it makes sense to purchase this property um, by calculating, putting some numbers together. Great. Yeah. Any other tips or tricks you can give me as an investor looking in your area? Um, I think it's important. um, So with rental properties um, and all the legislation came in, the most important is put a good tenant in there. Right. Um, so whether you manage yourself or you're looking for property property manager, the um, the selection process is very important. Um, to put a bad tenant inside a property, it's better to have it em- empty. Mm. So the background check, credit check and all that process is important. So you make sure your property is looked after going forward, which will actually save you money um, and that you have stable tenant in there so you have stable uh, rental income. Okay. Yeah. Uh, healthy homes, legislation changes. I mean, James from Urban Edge Planning was just saying, you know, n- not just in the property management field, but these last three years have been just change after change. Yeah, how for the you, better. Yeah, <laughs> how are you and your team preparing for that? Because that must be a busy time to make sure your properties are ready. Yes, we have been working on it since the legislation came out, so that's good. We're not leaving a last minute. Um, so there are two important dates. One is 1st of December, which is today, um, that after this day, any 
annual renewed tenancy needs to have a insulate a healthy home standard statement inserted um, when signing a tenancy agreement and the deadline is 1st of July 2021 that um, all rental properties need to be compliant with all the healthy home standards so I'd re- if your property haven't got compliant I recommend to get on it as soon as possible um, because there is a deadline and by then the demand will be high um, and the supply will be low which means it will mm. drive up the price yeah. will be short of material or expensive labor so if you want to um, make sure you, you spend the money for the right price, do it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you love about your job? Uh, um, same with the guest that was mentioned earlier. I think I enjoy the variety because um, my job involves managing my staff being here today which is great Um, and getting new management and design our marketing staff and just growing our rental team at Middlebank so it involves different skills and um, uh, level of tension and um, a lot of interaction with people in different industry so I enjoy that a lot yeah great what are what's your sort of your team's typical day what sort of things do they have to look after for a property uh, yeah my team i've got two and um they they looked after a majority the renting maintenance with the tenant letting all the property allies with the owner so pretty much everything you can think of when it comes to manage your property what do you think yeah. is the hardest part of a property manager's job hardest part i think Hardest part and, and is two sides to the coin. It's easy and also it's hard. Uh, is the communication. A lot of owners had came to uh, to us and mentioned before is the communication is important. But the thing is, communication for everyone's different. Uh, it's important to ask the individual owner that question. What's communication to you? For some owner, they prefer not to be disturbed. They like you to look after everything, make right. a decision. That's what they paid you for, sort of thing. Yeah, yep. some owner like to know everything. Yep. So in that case, how you deal with that owner is important to translate communication in their way. Uh, of the, their preference so um, that we make sure deliver the customized service to them because not one service is going to fit all of them. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, what do you love about Meadowbank, the area that you're in? Uh, Meadowbank, um, it is great. Prob- like, to be honest, most of our rental owners, they are great. So they being on top of their maintenance and w- which means it's much it's great for the tenant they're happy living in the property easy for us because we get it sorted rather than drag it along uh, the property in Meadowbank mostly are low you know a lot of brand new properties are built in uh, Eastern Bay like Glen Innes and um overall the property are in good condition so it's lower maintenance for us to for ongoing management and tenants are very easy and nice to deal with and we make sure we put in the right tenant uh, and when the process is streamlined good tenant good good property and reasonable owners and it just make the uh, the, the process much easier and enjoyable as well so I think in comparison if you were talking about uh, Manurewa you probably have higher chance to run into 
arrears and difficult tenants. So um, that would be the comparison there. And the area of Meadowbank from a community perspective, for it's got shops, it's got cafes, it's got restaurants, public transport's good, yes. it sort of ticks all the boxes. Yes. Not yep. too far to get to the city, not too far to get to a motorway. Yeah, yeah. very close to the beach. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, 2020 obviously has been a challenging year. Yep. So how have you and your team survived this, this crazy COVID year? Um, we so during lockdown we um, had to work from home. There has been a huge change in how we work. Obviously, we can uh, at Buff and Thompson overall we started a remote access before we couldn't do that at all, and that's a big change for the company itself. And within our metal bank branch, we started uh, paperless filing, so that had made a lot of difference. It's more efficient, and we work as a team and share documents in the same place rather going print and the old traditional way. So we have uh, sort of forced started doing that in March because COVID, but it has, as I mentioned, changed for the better. And we continue that filing system and how we work as a team uh, after COVID. Now we're back to office. So um, um, that has been a good thing for us. How did, how did your um, tenants and landlords cope during this time? Uh, tenant overall, I have uh, very happy with the tenant because we were actually expecting more people being infected by COVID. Thus, more talks about rent reduction for the period of COVID. Um, but in total, out of 200 properties we had, we only had four tenants that contacted us saying we we need a bit help around this period of time. And we have reached out to them and just make sure our tenants are fine during that time. And right. most of them are fine. So they were happy to continue paying rent. Our job was secure. Um, thanks for asking. So uh, it has been not that as bad as expected. And after the COVID, the tenants have caught up with their normal rental payment. So, um, yeah, has not been a biggest effect to us? That's yeah. cool. Now, um, if anyone knows Kristen, you know she loves a camera. And in the studio at the moment, I think we've got all angles being taken. Um, so during lockdown, yes, how many TikTok videos did you make? Uh, none. Oh, Kristen, <laughs> you've let me down. I thought you'd be the, the big TikTok person of Barfoot and Thompson. Going to be. That's what I'm going to do in December, pushing our social media platforms and you'll find us. Yeah, social media is playing a key part, isn't it, in it growing is. growing business and yeah. for tenants and landlords to find out information? Yeah. Um, also with a lot of first home buyers or, you know, people, um, are, the investors age are getting younger. And so a lot of people in my generation and they are on social media. It can, if you have a really good platform uh, engagement for your branch and um, for your company, uh, it can play as an advantage of um, building your brand awareness. Also, if I posted a property for rent and I have a lot of people following our metal bank mm. buffer, it can be rented out faster than any other company or branches in that sense, which is an advantage. So um, it's being out there and showing people what you do. Uh, it's important so they Brilliant. know it's a 
great job. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, people can track you down at Barfoot and Thompson Meadowbank uh, on barfoot.co.nz forward slash Meadowbank. And if you've got any questions you'd like uh, Kristen to answer that weren't talked about tonight, send us an email, propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. Thank you so much Thank for chatting. The time has just flown by with three great guests. Thank you to James and Andrea from Urban Edge Planning in Wellington and Pollinator Paths. Check them out online. Uh, we've got another busy week next week. We look forward to seeing you then. Travel safe on that road home. Talk to you soon. Take care.